Thanks for engaging with the Open Life Talks, whether you're on the Open Life Church app or you're listening through iTunes. You know, we know that life can be overwhelming, but we found that true life and peace of mind can come from a growing relationship with Jesus. So thanks for taking the time to listen or watch today's talk. You know, this is part of our James Summer Series, and so we are walking through the book of James verse by verse. We also have some additional resources that we want to put in your hands. Go to any app store, download the Open Life Church app, then from the front, front page, make sure you click on the button open daily. And we have some cool daily devotionals that we want you to read along according to each week that you're listening to or part of. So we encourage you to do that. Here is today's talk. But we're jumping into the fourth week today. And so as we read through James and as we go through this series, one of the main thoughts that you'll pick up if you read through James at all is James' emphasis on action. He's continually just challenging believers to take action in their faith. And so we're going to be talking about that specifically today. And it's something that will come up continually as we go through this book of James, through all the chapters, through all the weeks that we are going to be talking about. And so I hope that during this summer you've taken time as well to jump into your Bibles on your own, jump in to read the book of James as we've been going through this intentionally and slowly, methodically. And that you've also gone to the open daily button on the Open Life Church app to see read some daily devotionals from people that are a part of open life and what these scriptures and passages are, you know, speaking to them and things, the ways that they're changing their lives to live their lives according to scripture and what James is challenging us to do. And so I just want to encourage you to make sure that you're diving into that daily. Make sure you're diving into scripture daily because we're going to be talking about connections. And so one of the things that's tricky when you're talking, when you come on a Sunday and you hear a message or a talk on a certain specific passage is you can kind of get ingrained and think like, man, this is like, I just have to like zone in and focus on this. And then you don't read in context. You're not able to connect to other parts of scripture. You're not able to connect to other parts of James. And that's what's great about James is you can connect something that we talked about in week one to something that we're going to talk about in the very last week. And so the way you pick those up is we'll try and communicate those things. But the way you can pick those up on your own is if you're diving in daily into scripture and letting that be a part of your daily life and being a growing your relationship with Jesus, just being in scripture. And so to go along with action that James is so emphasizing, it's important to remember that the last thing that we ended on two weeks ago on our third week on this um, James series, it was James instructing us not to show favoritism to anyone and being mindful of our judgments of other people and then showing mercy to everyone. And we actually, you know, one of our main thoughts is that uh, God's mercy triumphs over judgment. And that's, we, we sang it in the song, and it was a part of our talk, but that's truly what it talks about, is that God's mercy, the way that we show and love that, show that love to other people, and that mercy to other people, is we need to triumph over our own judgments and what we might be thinking about other people. And so we're going to continue on in the book of James. We're going to be reading um, verses 2, 14 through 26, and I'm going to cut in in the middle of it uh, just to explain some few things. So let's dive in. It'll be on the screen or um, on your notes. Uh, so this is what James says. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? 
So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone, someone may argue, <clears throat> excuse me, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? And so James is pretty passionate about action, about faith becoming action, and that it needs to be accompanied by good deeds. And so we see that from the verses that we just read. To help explain this thought process, James is going to give you two examples from the Old Testament, from their history for the Jewish people. And so he's going to, the first example he uses is Abraham. So he continues on in verse 21. He says, Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. And so if you don't know the story of Abraham, Abraham and his wife Sarah were promised a son by God, but they were very old and barren. But after many years of dealing with this struggle, even after times of Abraham and Sarah trying to work this out on their own by, by Abraham, you know, sleeping with a servant so that they could have a child, like multiple times they've struggled through this and tried to figure out ways to work it, God still blesses them. And but then after all this, he blesses him with a son, Isaac. And so then you read in Genesis 22, God asks Abraham to sacrifice his son. And so now child sacrifice is completely wrong, contrary to God's teachings. But what Abraham believed in you, and as you read this story, he knew that God was going to provide a lamb. He believed and had faith that God was going to provide a lamb and not having to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And so what James is trying to say is that Abraham believed and knew that God was going to come through. And Abraham and his faith acted accordingly with everything that God had already given him. And so then after that story, James quickly moves on to Rahab with this single verse. It says, Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. And so if you don't have any idea who Rahab is, she comes from a story in Joshua 2. And both of these stories that we're talking about, Abraham and Rahab, come from the Old Testament. And so Rahab is known for housing spies who are going into Jericho from Israel. And they were basically scouting the land so they could attack and take over this land that God had promised them. And so the king of Jericho finds out about this. And so he goes to Rahab and he's like, are there people there? And so she covers for the spies. She says, they, well, they actually left and they went this way. And so then she goes back and tells the spies, go into the hills, stay there for three days. But she gives this reason of why she chose to do this. And that is this, that she believed that God is a supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. And so Rahab was letting her faith in who she knew God to be dictate her actions and what she did for the spies. And so then James concludes all this about faith turning into actions, and he says this in verse 26, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. And that's a good 
pretty much some of what we're going to be talking about, is that faith is dead without good works. And so James is going straight at the people he is addressing specifically with no uncertain terms. If you have faith in Jesus, but that faith does not produce tangible acts, good works, good deeds, whatever you want to call it, then that faith that is inside of you is really dead and useless. And so I really like James. I love to read this book because there's not a time that I don't pick it up and actually let it dictate back onto my life. And I have to just sit there and wonder and pray, God, are you speaking to me in this verse? Is my faith dead and useless or am I letting my faith grow and produce good acts and good works for those that are around me? And so this passage really is like a pulse check of our faith. And so I don't know if you've ever done a CPR class or if you're CPR certified. I work at the YMCA on Friday nights, and so I had to be CPR certified and lifeguard trained. So if you're ever swimming with me, I know how to pull you out of the water and start resuscitating you. So, I'm, you know, invite me out to the lake with you if you want. You know, if you have a boat, I'm here, you know, so I'm, I'll be your private lifeguard. And so I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to to offer my services to everyone. But, but if, you're, if you've ever been CBR trained, you know that like, they have these mannequins. And at the Y, we have really nice ones because they train probably like hundreds of people a month. And so they have like these lights. And so it will tell you if you're pressing down too hard, like if you're crushing the person's chest. Or it will tell you if you're too shallow. You know, you really just need to put some oomph into it. And my favorite part is what they tell you is that, you know, you need to do it about 100 beats per minute, which is the exact beat of this song, Staying Alive. And so they actually tell you to sing. Like, uh, uh, uh. So it's like, you know, staying alive, staying alive. It's hard not to dance when you're doing it at the same time. But now, like, in, ingrained in my head is, like, this idea of, like, and I'm a doomsday person when I'm walking around work. I'm like, okay, if someone falls off the treadmill, goes unconscious, what's, what am I going to do? Like, so I'll just play through these roles about different places we're at. And so I just try and prepare myself. I'm trying to, like, so that I tend to see to get overhyped. And so the, I feel like the more that I think about it, then if it actually happens, then I'll be like, oh, I planned for this in my head. So I don't have to be stressed. I know the outcome. And just, you know, I'm just, you know, and the person lives on all my outcomes. You know, I never plan for the person to die. So that's, that's a good thing. You know, Friday nights, be there at the Y because, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping that you make it through. Um, so make sure you come. Hey, say hello. But what I'm trying to say is, like, when you go up to a person or what the way they train you is you got to check for a pulse. You got to check if they're breathing. And so what James is saying here is that like the, that last verse is what, what he said is very important about what we're going to be talking about. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. And so today really what we're going to be talking and our big idea today is that your actions show if your faith is alive. And so I want you to think about that, but in the context of like a health check or of a pulse check. Like, just put your fingers on the neck of your faith and just look at and ask yourself, is my faith alive or is my faith dead and useless? Because I think we get into this re repetition of our lives sometimes where we don't take self-diagnosis sometimes or we don't take self-reflection and go before God and just say, God, how do you want to work in my life? How do you want to change and move through me? And if we don't take those opportunities, then we'll look back. We might go months or years along our faith and we might look and realize, you know what? My faith is dead. I haven't done a check in a while. I haven't read through scripture and then let it be applied to my life. And so that's what I love about James, is I continually read it 
and find ways that James is speaking directly to the way that I live my life, the way that I act out my faith. And so I hope that you are able to do that. And so here's the whole purpose of why we're doing this, is because you have a family, you have friends, you have coworkers, you have neighbors, you live in a community, we're a part of a culture that really is doing the pulse check for us. That they're looking at who Christians are. They're looking at ch local churches and they're seeing, do, does their faith have a pulse? Is their faith being moved to actions that are tangible and loving and are in the way of Christ? Because people want to see it. People want to see these good works and things that we're going to be talking about today. And so if you don't do it, someone else is. And so if you say that you have a life with Jesus, that you've chosen to follow him, it's really important that we do this, that we check our faith and check to see if we have a pulse, if we have let them turn into actions. And so we have some thoughts to kind of help do this and kind of just reiterate what we're talking about and what James is talking about today. And thought one today is that faith and actions bring life. James explains that faith and action are deeply connected and that we are shown to be alive in our faith when they are working together. The way we get to this point is when we have chosen to let our whole lives be dictated by Jesus. When we are able to say that every part of our lives is in accordance and in agreement with who God wants and says who we are. And so it's like, if you don't go to God and understand that, and this is actually what James is talking about earlier, is like, he says, if you're divided or if you're divided in your mind, if you're not living in accordance with what God has called you and what you know to be true, he actually says this, and we read about this in the first week of this series, it's James 1, 5 through 8. It says this, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. That's really important. When you're asking God for wisdom, make sure your faith is in God alone. Don't say like, yeah, God, I'm coming to you, but I'm also going to keep some of my chips over here in my own plan. It's like James is saying, when you ask God for wisdom, make sure your chips are all in God's corner. And so James goes on and says, Do not waver for a person with divided loyalties and is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. And so other translations call this double-mindedness, where we have our one foot over here and one foot in the other with God, and then when you look at our relationships, we wonder why our faith isn't producing fruit. Or we wonder how come, you know, some, many people will say, you know what, I just don't feel like my faith is real. And so maybe that's because you're putting your feet in two different camps and you just need to say to God and to Jesus, you know what, I'm all for you and I'm choosing to follow you no matter what you're calling me to do, no matter what I have to do to get my life in accordance with your teaching, I'm going to choose to do that. And so it's really important. And so when we don't let our actions follow our faith, we become unstable in all that we do. We've let the first steps begin in our faith, but maybe we're not letting it produce the fruit and the life change that God wants to see in our lives. And so James uses the story of Abraham and Rahab to tell us that like these are people who chose to, to completely change their lives and believe that God was going to come through for them. And he did. And so that's the challenge that James is saying to us 
is that we need to put all of our faith, all of our hope, all of our life into Jesus and then let the actions come out of that faith. And so imagine that I imagine and think of this to go back to like this breathing thing or this pulsing. But imagine that this faith in actions is like a breath. You breathe in, you gain faith, you know who God is. And then the breath out is like the actions that come out of that knowledge and out of that wisdom and out of that peace that comes from that. And so it becomes this like active work of breathing where God's telling you who he is. He's telling you who you are and then letting those actions come out of that faith that is built. And so as we go to thought two, thought two is this, a living faith serves others. It's because many times we think that our faith is here to lift us up only, that it's just to make us feel better about ourselves, to make us like stronger in who we are. And that's, those are very true things. But if we don't get to the point where we understand that actually our actions are for other people, like then we're missing it. It's become selfish or totally in like pointed in our faith when our faith should be pointed out. And so this really comes from verse 20 where James says, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? And so ask yourself this question, is my faith useless for others? Like you say you're a follower of Jesus, but has that had any effect on the people around you? Whether it's your family, your coworkers, your friends, any people who know you. Has your faith had any effect on who they are? This chapter has caused us, if you've read it and thought about it and processed it, has caused us to ask some pretty important questions. You know, earlier in this chapter, two weeks ago when Thad was talking about it, we had to ask ourselves, are we showing favoritism to people that come to open life as a church because maybe they're poor or maybe they're disadvantaged or maybe they're, you know, for whatever reason, all the judgments that we place on people nowadays. Is open life a place that's open and free for anyone to come to? And so we challenge you guys to make that same question for yourselves as well in your own faith. Do I personally place judgments on people, prejudices that are separating them from the faith? And so this goes on to this week. We also have to ask questions again of our church and for ourselves personally. Are we a church of people who proclaim our faith but don't back it up with action? Are we a people who care for the poor, the disadvantaged, the marginalized, or do we send them on their way, just as James said was wrong to do? It's a church question, but it's also a personal question. Do we come to open life thinking that that's, you know, our tick off the box and then that means I don't have to do anything the rest of the week? You know, you know, I give to open life and they do a lot of charitable things in the community, so I'm a part of that. And that's the only thing you do. And I just want you to know you are a part of that if you are here. But if that's the one step and that's where it stops, then your faith isn't growing. And so I want to encourage you to do that today. For James, a faith that hasn't led to tangible works is literally useless. And so ask yourself the question, who is my faith helping? Or are you the person who is saying, you know what, I have my faith and I'm going to let the deeds people, the good works people do the good work. Because James is like, we're all the good works people. We all have a faith and we all need to let that faith grow into tangible works and good deeds. So for James and for us, that's not an option. Faith and action continually work together. 
And so the author of Hebrews, it's a book that's just before James. It's another great book that talks about faith. There's a whole chapter in chapter 11, if you open up Hebrews 11, where that will talk about people from the Old Testament. And this author of Hebrews literally says, by faith, this person did this because, by faith, over and over and over. So it gets you, it actually shows a good picture of what James is talking about here as well. But when you read this, you're challenged by all these like historical figures in the scripture that would be just by faith, they would go out on a limb because they knew God would be faithful and they trusted in him to do good works. But every time, it like wasn't just about them. It went out. It went out to other people. And incredible things happened out of that. And so it's, when you look at their lives, there were, there were lives of faith and action working together. And so before that chapter, though, in chapter 10, there's this encouragement that literally speaks directly to what we're talking about today. And it comes from Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. And so the author of Hebrews says this, he says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. And so that's super important. We're going to stop there, is that we have to hold tightly to what God has promised us. And this is like what faith is all about, is that we hold tightly to it, that we truly believe it, and we're not just going to let it go when times get tough, when we go through trials, or when, you know, we're feeling attacked. We're not going to give it up, but we're going to hold tightly and know that God is who he says he is. But then it goes on and says in verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And like, when you just think about that, I just love the creativity that is involved in that. If you apply that verse to our lives, just the creativity that is involved, is let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And I can't think of a better description of what Open Life has tried to be for the time that we've been a church. Is that we want to think of new ways to motivate more and more people to love their communities, to do acts of love and service for the Bonnie Lake and the surrounding region. Like that's our heart's cry is that we want to think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And so it goes on and says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And so this author is basically saying that it's really important that you gather together. It's important that you have your faith. It's important that you're moved to action and that you meet together to encourage one another. And this is what Open Life is all about. This is what we do here on Sundays, that you would be encouraged by not just the person from the stage, but by people interacting with each other, by singing songs of worship and lifting praise to God, but that you would leave empowered to go and think of new ways to love and bless our communities. And so let us do that. A faith that is living and is useful is for your families, it's for your coworkers, it's for your neighbors, it's for our community. And so it's important that we understand that faith turns into action. That faith, if we just say that we believe in Jesus, that that's not enough. And so it's important that I address one like final thing, and it comes from this idea of Paul. And so if you pick up scripture and if you read through it, you, you might think that there's some contradicting things from what we've said in the past to what we're saying today. Because if you're, if you're listening, you might say, well, are you saying that like I have to just do stuff 
in order to be saved, in order to be justified or to be right with God? Are you saying that I have to do those things in order to find salvation? And that's exactly not what I'm saying. Because we know that that is not the case. When you pick up scripture and you read about Jesus and his life and what his teaching goes and what Paul says, Paul says in uh, Romans 10, 9 through 13, it's really simple and really important. And it says this in Romans 10, 9 through 13, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I just want to make that super and abundantly clear is that we believe here at Open Life, if you choose to follow Jesus, if you proclaim him as your savior, that if you've chosen to follow him, then you are saved, that you have made that step and you are like right with God. And like when you ask for forgiveness of your sins, God is faithful to forgive you for your sins. And all of this comes through the life of Jesus, that he came, lived a perfect life, died on the cross and rose again three days later. It's what we proclaim every Easter. It's what we proclaim weekly when we're singing songs and worshiping him. This is all why we worship. And so it's important to just say that out there because there are some extremes ideas that we can come to. And so this is what's important. Thought three is that actions show faith. They don't make faith. And so that's like vitally important because the two extremes are this. On one side, if you're just all about faith, you would say, you know what? Well, I just choose to follow Jesus. I proclaimed him as my savior. And you know what? This is for me and I'm never going to let anyone else know about it. I'm, you know, I have my faith. I'm minding my own business now and I'm no longer going to let it, you know, permeate my life. I'm not going to let anyone else know about it. I'm going to hold on to it. And so, like, yeah, faith alone, you, we believe that, and, you know, you might be saved. But the important is, is that's an extreme that you don't want to live in. Because then, on the other hand, you have this other extreme that you don't want to live in, where you would say, you know what, I'm going to choose to go to church every Sunday. I might even read my Bible every day. I'm going to bless people, all for the reason that you think is to attain your salvation, where we think, you know, God is really just up there telling, checking off his list and saying, you know what, are you a good person? Are you a good person? Are you a good person? And once you get to the grand total, then you are right with God and then you are saved. And that's not the case. That's like an extreme faith or uh, actions-based faith. And that's not what we're saying. But when you're in the middle, when you realize that my faith turns into action, that I'm going to love people because of the way that I've been loved by Jesus, that that's where you meet in the middle. And that's where like this like synergy or this great amount of energy. And when you mix in the Holy Spirit, the, what God sent to us in power to have in our lives, that's where you get to see this like fulfillment of our lives come to fruition. And we begin to see things in our lives change. We begin to see things in our families change. And we begin to see these actions of love and of gentleness. And we'll get to that verse later. But just where we get to see the fruit of the inward change that we've chosen to make in our hearts. And so a verse that sums it up. And so there, if you read scholars, there's this like, 
some people think James is like, you know, completely different than what Paul's saying, and Paul's in, is like different than what James is saying. But when you read them together, and you read in context, and you read scripture, and understand the whole story of what Jesus is talking about, you come to a verse like Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, which is written by Paul, and he says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And so for me, that's the kicker. Like, that sums it up perfectly. Is that my salvation, the one who does the work, the one who does the saving, is not by me and my works, it's God. Sometimes we can think that, you know, if I just say the right prayer, if I do the right things, then I'll be right with God. And that makes me have a lot more power than I think God intends us to have. That makes it seem like I'm the one doing the saving work. And so we have to realize it's super important to understand that Jesus did the work. That God did the work by sending Jesus to this earth to live a perfect life. That Jesus did the work on the cross. That God did the work by resurrecting him from the grave. And it's through just a proclamation of believing in that and trusting in that, that I am saved. God did the work. I didn't do it. Because just as Paul said, when that happens, when I begin to think that, then I get to boast about it. It's like, look at me and my faith. Look at me and what I'm doing here. God is really impressed by me. I'm doing so many cool things. And that's like not the case. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And what I love about this verse is that we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew and we've chosen to follow him. That he's started that spark in us to say, you know what? The minute you choose to follow me, I'm creating you anew. There's something fresh. There's something new for you to believe in. And now let your life be turned upside down in response to that. He has created us anew so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And that's what I want to be a part of. That's what I want to be a part of this plan to know and understand like what God's plan for me is. Because he has good works and he has things planned for us to walk in and be a part of and encourage other people with so that our faith isn't useless but that it's useful for other people. So that our faith just doesn't serve ourselves but it serves other people. That, this is what's important. And so I look at this, and our faith established by Jesus has to lead us to action. It has to lead us to good deeds, good works, whatever you want to call it. We love because he first loved us. And so I look at some of our lives in this church, and this is why some of you help the poor. This is why some of you are foster parents. This is why some of you are teachers. This is why some of you serve at community meals or help with the food banks. This is why some of you make it a priority to be overly generous anytime there's a need that you can be a part of. This is why some of you go out of your way to love your neighbor. This is why some of you serve at Open Life each and every week or each and every month because you don't want to neglect 
the meeting together that the author of Hebrews said is so important. This is why some of you are contemplating getting involved with rescue freedom in response to what was talked about last week. This is why some of you chose to be parents and intentionally want to raise your kids to bless them and change their lives. This is why some of you are doctors and work in healthcare because you want to influence people's lives at some of the deepest, darkest moments of their lives. This is why some of you are who you are. It's because God has placed you in whatever business or profession that you've chosen to be because he's ready to unleash you to bless other people, to serve other people. But that only happens when we let our faith turn into action. And so the action thought today is to do this, to do something. And so maybe this is an encouragement for those that you are doing the work, that you have let your faith turn into actions. And I just want to come behind you and just encourage you and say you're on the right track and you're doing the right thing and you are empowered to do even more. But maybe you're like, you've taken a pulse check, you've been thinking about this for like the last 25 to 30 minutes and you're like, you know what? I think my faith might be dead or useless. And this isn't to like sound condemning or to like make you feel bad about yourself, but it's to encourage you to step out and do something and begin to see actions become fruit of the faith that you've chosen to have inside of you. Some of you just need to understand I should no longer be double-minded. You know what? I just need to go all in with Jesus. I need to choose and just follow him and just be let that take root and let that grow and produce fruit in my life and in the life of my family. Galatians 5.22 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And so if, you, if you've if you been listening and you think, well, you know, that's for someone else. Like I, can, I could never do anything. I could never do anything that would amount to anything in the world of faith. And I just say that is totally not true. Can you love people? Can you be gentle with people? Can you be kind to people? Can you show self-control when you might be prone to anger? Can you be faithful in a world that loves to flake out? Because that's the fruit that comes from our faith. And the Holy Spirit is there to empower us to do it. And so I hope today that you can think about ways, just even simple ways that you can do something. If you haven't chosen to follow Jesus, if you haven't let that life in you take root, then I wanna encourage you to do that as we pray. Because this is important stuff. This is like why James is so about action is that don't just let a faith or a decision a long time ago stop there, but let it grow daily. This is why it's important to be in our scripture and to be in prayer with God continually. Just to say, God, what do you have for me today? What do you want me to do today? How is my faith gonna grow into tangible action and fruit today? So God, we just come before you, God, and I just pray over each and every person in here. I pray, Lord, that there would just be a sense of your power that they've never felt before. To know that you've empowered them to do good works and to do good deeds and to, to lift other people up, God. I pray for the families that are represented in this room. I pray for the neighborhoods that are represented in this room. 
for the jobs and the businesses around our region that are represented here, God. And I pray, Lord, that as we begin to just do stuff, as we begin to just love everybody always, that we begin to just see fruit that comes from this. God, let us just be the most encouraging, the most loving people that you ever created because we've chosen to let our faith turn into action for love and good works. If there's anyone here that hasn't chosen to follow you, God, I just pray that they would choose right now in their hearts, say, God, I choose to follow you. I believe and confess and believe that you came to this earth, you died on our cross and rose again for my sins. God, let that take root. Let that turn into action. And God, may we all be encouraged to love other people today. We ask this in your mighty name. Amen. Well, thanks once again for engaging with today's talk. You know, if you're listening on the Open Life Church app or through the message archive, you can fill out a connect card. Let us know that you're listening and we would love to pray with you if you have any prayer requests. So make sure you fill that out there. Again, from the front page of our Open Life Church app, we have some additional resources, a daily devotional that we want you to be able to have in your hands. So click on that button, open daily, and be encouraged by other people at Open Life who are engaging with the book of James as well. Thanks again for being part of what Open Life is doing and thanks for taking time out of your day to listen or watch here at Open Life Church.